You're listening to Race Capital with Chelsea Higgs-Wise and Kat Maudlin-Jackson, where we interrogate racial narratives of our place, space, and time in Richmond, Virginia, the former capital of the Confederacy. Virginia's annual voting day, November 5th, is rapidly approaching, and this year, all 140 seats of the State Senate and House of Delegates are up for grabs. So we're bringing you this very special Race Capital Election Day minicast. Each episode is a short conversation with candidates of color running for state office in Virginia. Kat and I are getting their takes on racial dynamics and politics, and best of all, asking our favorite question, what's your privilege? Stay tuned. Welcome, Qasem Rashid of the Senate District 28 up in Fredericksburg. Thanks so much for being here with us. Hey, thanks for having me. Perfect. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about the racial makeup of your district, how that has impacted your run, and how it will translate to when you're in office. Well, our district is one of the most diverse districts in Virginia, and that's what I find extraordinarily exciting and inspiring. Um, It is about uh, two-thirds white and one-third people of color, representing African-American, Asian-American, Latino-Americans. Uh, mixed and just, uh, you know, we have a long, a large uh, contingent of Native Americans as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's going to, re- uh, you know, be reflective in this race because now we finally have um, a candidate in me who uh, is representative of the entire district. Uh, I'm the first person of color to run for this office in Virginia history as far back as I could, go, uh, you know, go and find. Wow. Um, I'm the first person of color to win a nomination for this seat. So that's pretty exciting, too. And, uh, and I think that if we continue to focus on this message of unity, of bringing people together, uh, then we will win this, win this race. That's beautiful. So and how has that really shaped your strategy for your run? Well, I think it, it's a reflection of my work as a human rights lawyer. And uh, my, my work as a human rights lawyer is to ensure that I'm fighting for everyone, not just a select few or not for, you know, my tribe, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when I look at the makeup of this district and when I look at the policies that have been passed, it's pretty clear that the policies that have been passed have been reflective of um, a, a certain, uh, you know, wealthy class. Mm-hmm. And without any regard for the rights of immigrants, people of color, in the one debate that my opponent uh, bothered to show up at, he skipped out on seven so far. Seven, um, you said? He had seven, yeah, seven debates so far. Wow. He, he skipped out on um, uh, four by the NAACP, uh, two by women's rights organizations, one by a climate justice organization. He, he's supposed to miss a second one by a climate justice org. But in the one debate, you know, he said a lot of things that were just remarkably inaccurate and, and flawed, but one comment really stands out when we talked about marijuana decriminalization. And we all know the reasons why we need to decriminalize marijuana because of its racist application, because of the fact that it's a, it's a nonviolent drug offense. It's, it's, you know, devastating our education system because it's taking money away and putting it into the prison industrial complex. I mean, we can go on and on. <laughs> but he had the audacity to say that uh, I assure you, and I'm quoting here, I assure you not that many people are being arrested for marijuana. Oh, wow. Um, I mean, just to be that disconnected with reality. I mean, we, we have uh, nearly 30,000 arrests a year for marijuana. It's tripled since 1999. Right. Uh, and, and, and while black and white Virginians use marijuana at about the same rate, uh, black Virginians represent uh, about 50% of those arrested and charged for marijuana, uh, notwithstanding the fact that black Americans are only about 20% of Virginia's population. So for him to be that disconnected mm-hmm. from reality uh, is devastating because it not only destroys lives, 
but it perpetuates that destruction for uh, on a generational scale, and that's simply unacceptable. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. And just hearing the fight in your voice, hearing your passion, what are some of the key issues that people can look forward for you fighting for once you're elected? My entire campaign slogan is compassion through action. And it fundamentally comes down to restoring human dignity and fighting for working families. Uh, and the reason why we added through action is because uh, for us, compassion isn't just a verb. It, it has to be something that manifests behavior, a behavioral change. And so when we talk about that, we look at the living wage, raising the living wage from seven twenty-five an hour to at least $15 an hour, especially for these major corporations. Mm -hmm. uh, it includes healthcare expansion because healthcare is a fundamental human right. Uh, it includes decriminalizing addiction. So mm -hmm. opioid addiction shouldn't be a crime. You shouldn't be sent to a jail cell. You should be sent to rehabilitation and get medical treatment to cure you of this illness that's devastating tens of thousands of Virginians, if not, if not more. Um, it, it means that we ratify the Equal Rights Amendment uh, because, you know, women deserve constitutional equality in our country. Mm -hmm. um, it, it means ensuring that we are fighting for affordable housing, uh, that we are fighting for stronger unions. These are all principles and policies that uh, Republicans claim we don't have the money for, mm. which is nonsense because we are number one in business. We are the ninth wealthiest commonwealth. And I never hear Republicans complain when we're talking about a massive tax cut for millionaires or a, or a tax incentive for them to buy a large boat. Mm. Uh, then we have plenty of money. Mm. But when we talk about pre-K, suddenly, and I was in a debate last night, one Republican from a different district showed up and somebody asked about pre-K. And he said, yeah, we'd like to do it, but we just don't have the money in the budget for it. And I think that's not only wrong, but it's offensive. Because right. what you're telling me is that the single most important reason why we exist, and that is to make sure our children have a better future, that's not important enough. Uh, I think it's, it's offensive, it's, it's, it's immoral, and if somebody really has that view, they have no business being a public servant. Wow. Thank you so much for that, Kasim. And with all of our guests, uh, we have a segment on the show that's called What's Your Privilege? What's Your Privilege is a segment of the show where we invite our guests to identify their privilege that they carry walking in the world and how they use it to truly disrupt the myth of white supremacy. And you can describe that in your personal realm or in your candidacy. What is your privilege? Male privilege. Um, you know, I, I remember I was offered a position as director of civil rights at a women's rights organization. And women's rights have been my passion. My first pro bono job was working at the Virginia Poverty Law Center's Office of Domestic and Sexual Violence. And it really opened my eyes to the male privilege I carry around with me. And in this, offer, this position that I was offered in D.C. at this National Women's Rights Organization, there was about 15 of us. I was the only guy there. Mm -hmm. And suddenly um, it clicked in that everything I say, I'm suddenly speaking for all 3 billion men wow. worldwide, or at least that's what it felt like. Mm -hmm. And it made me realize um, what it must be like for women every day who are the only woman in the boardroom or the only woman in the classroom or mm -hmm. the only woman uh, in, the, in, in, the, in the lab. And, um, and recognizing that I need to be more contemplative on how I make assumptions or how I have conversations. And so one way I'm fighting back against that is uh, well, one of my friends, Dr. Suad Kabir from the uh, University of Chicago, she has a great quote um, where she says, uh, don't speak up for the voiceless or don't be a voice for the voiceless. Just learn to pass the mic. Mm. And, and, and I think that's such a crucial element because so often when, uh, when activists or advocates talk about supporting marginalized communities, um, it somehow translates 
to uh, speaking up for marginalized communities rather than using your platform to elevate them. Right. And so what I try to do is use my platform, whether it's on social media, whether it's on, uh, on the campaign trail, to elevate voices of women who are, uh, who, who, who are, who are working for these causes. And, mm-hmm. and in my campaign, for example, my funding director, um, I hired a woman. My, my campaign manager is an African-American woman. My field director is a woman. Mm-hmm. And, and I did this not out of some kind of social justice warrior standpoint, but because I took a step back and said, you know, who are the people that are going to be the best people for this campaign? What are the skill sets that I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. And so often women are overlooked and ignored. And, uh, and that's unfortunate, not only for their individual level, but I think for a societal level. So I'm excited about the fact that our team is majority women. And, uh, and it's exciting for me to be able to rely on them and trust them and have their support and vice versa. And, and, and hopefully we, we, we pull out a victory come November 5th. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your platform, especially with our platform, which is Women Run right here, Race Capital. And before we get out of here, how can people find you and follow you? Uh, I'm on social media, on Twitter, it's my name, Kasim Rashid, on Facebook and Instagram, Kasim Rashid VA. Mm-hmm. Website is KasimRashid.com. And, uh, you know, these last 25 days now, uh, we are sprinting to the finish. So, mm-hmm. If you want to get involved, you know, door knock, phone calls, text mess, text bank, whatever works for you, we would love to have your support. Um, our district is 52% women. So if we get a strong women turnout, we win. And my opponent is basically the antithesis of women. He's blocked the ERA. He's hardcore against any kind of reproductive health or women's autonomy. And, um, you know, we're grateful to have received the endorsements of basically every major women's organization. And uh, so for us, um, having women uh, uh, supporting us is, is how we win. And so we're grateful for every single person who's uh, willing to share their time with us. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kasim Rashi, for joining us. And good luck out there. Thank you so much. All Take right. care. Bye-bye.